0: The Craig Fawley Show on Deadline Detroit is sponsored by James Oliver Coffee Company at jamesolivercoffee.com. James Oliver is a second-generation, family-owned, and Detroit-based coffee roaster, offering 19 different blends of freshly roasted coffee. The company pioneered link temperature roasting, and they source the best beans from around the world to create an outstanding coffee experience, no matter which beans you choose. To start, try the Alma Mater blend. James Oliver Coffee gives $5 for each bag of its alma mater blend to the Detroit Public Schools Foundation. And don't forget, use the promo code CFSHOW, that's CFSHOW, to get 15% off your first order. James Oliver Coffee, available at select grocery stores in Metro Detroit and, of course, at jamesolivercoffee.com. Remember, use the promo code CFSHOW to get 15% off your first order. That's jamesolivercoffee.com. Hey everybody, happy Monday. Welcome to the Craig Folly Show on Deadline Detroit. Glad to have you with me today. Hope you had a good weekend. And for those of us who actually like to watch football and were fans of the Detroit Lions for some reason, they actually won yesterday. 27-24 over the Arizona Cardinals in Arizona. Kind of a big deal winning a road game in this league is never an easy thing to do, especially in a place that has not exactly been kind to the Lions over the years. They tend to get thumped when they go out there or lose in painful ways. This time, they did not do that. They actually won. And joining me, as he does every Monday to break down the Detroit Lions, is my friend Pat Batchelor. He is the morning anchor at WDET, Detroit Public Radio. Welcome back, sir. Thank you. And let's see. uh, I'm going to be glass half full guy today. Um, And I'm sure you'll be glass half empty guys as is typically the roles that we do but but I got to say you know, for all the criticism that uh, head coach Matt Patricia and his staff got over the last uh, couple of weeks for their performances in in the first two games of the year, not holding leads, um, and just playing pretty bad football last week as we discussed. I've got to give them some credit for the game plan they had against Kyler Murray uh, of the Arizona Cardinals, their young quarterback who many people have been floating as a possible MVP candidate after his performance in the first two games of the year. They did a good job of keeping this guy in check. He is difficult to guard against. He is difficult to play against because he is so elusive. Um, He's kind of like a a miniature version of Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Yeah. and, And they did a good job though, taking him out of his comfort zone.
1: Yes, they did. He threw three interceptions, uh, which uh, part of that may have been just errant throws, but also great read coverage, especially by the rookie Jeff Okuda, who had a fabulous interception uh, late in the game uh, for the Lions. Uh, Looks like uh, he's... uh, uh, adjusting to the rookie learning curve uh, pretty well against a really good quarterback on the road. Um, they, uh, they sacked him once, and uh, they only limited him to 29 yards carrying. You know, It's still about almost six yards a carry, but when you can limit the kind of damage a guy like uh, Kyler Murray can do with his tools, uh, his arm and his legs... Uh, you know, you're, 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 you're setting your offense up for, uh, the opportunity to score. And that is something the Lions, uh, absolutely, uh, need, need to do. We, uh, I, I forget how many, I forget how many field goals, uh, uh, that uh, Prater had. Um, I think maybe he's still kicking one. Uh, you know, <laughs> hey, you know what?
0: But, Look, they scored points in the second half, yes. which they needed to do. Uh, they controlled the clock at the end of the game. I mean, they burned, what, six minutes off that clock in that final drive to win it. Uh, they did what they needed to do to win a game, to finish a game. We have not seen them do that very often in the last year and a half. And and it's it was rewarding to watch in that, uh, you know, they did what they were supposed to do. and And Matt Stafford, for all the talk that Kyler Murray was getting uh, from the announcers in that game. And if you watch that, I mean, they, they want to make Kyler Murray into a new star, obviously. And they were talking him up. Matt Stafford was quietly having a very, very good game. He had a couple of errant passes, but he only, he only missed on what nine passes the whole game, something
1: I mean, like that. 22 yeah, 20. of
0: 31 or something like that mm-hmm. um, for 270 yards and a, and a touchdown. That's not a bad day. Uh, no interceptions either, which is a huge thing. So no turnovers for the Lions. They were plus three on the turnover front. Uh, yeah, it was an efficient game from the offense. I, I thought they, they relied on the running game when they needed to. It wasn't as productive in the second half as they needed to be going forward. But the fact is, it was just Adrian Peterson's enough of a threat that, you know, when you do have guys like Kenny Galladay in the wide receiving core, that gives them time to get open. Uh, they can do some play action stuff, and it worked.
1: I did. they made the plays when they needed to make them. Uh, there were uh, a couple of drives that ended in field goals that probably should have ended in touchdowns. Uh, you know, you get close to the, uh, you get close to the uh, red zone there and they started going backwards um, you know, at some point, I, I was wondering. At some point, uh, you know, they have to run out of feet to shoot themselves in, don't they? I mean, <laughs> <right>. you know, <laughs> there's only a limited number, right? Uh, but uh, I, you know, uh, but but they did what they needed to do, as you said, uh, and uh, uh, good to see Kenny Galladay back. I mean oh, that oh, I think yeah. that I think that made a huge difference. Uh, you
0: know, well, six. Well, You can see why he was a Pro Bowl receiver last year. I mean, the guy just makes amazing catches. Balls don't have to be right at him. He can go up and and grab him. He's tall enough and big enough and strong enough that he can out jump guys, make the coverage, and then he still got into the end zone on that one play. And I was really worried on the touchdown for Kenny Galladay that they were going to try to invoke the Calvin Johnson rule on him when he dove into the end zone and the ball sort of hit the ground a little bit. But I'm like, nope, nope. He'd established himself, but I was waiting for it. It didn't happen.
1: Right, they may, and they made the right call. Uh, the touchdown stood, so that uh, that certainly helped. Um, but you know, I mean, it doesn't have to be pretty. The only thing that matters in the NFL is winning. Just win the game. Uh, it's one win out of three. Probably should have been two. Uh, you know, we saw when we remember what happened a couple of weeks ago with the Bears who incredibly are three and zero. Uh yeah. well they uh, you know, should they should be two and one. They played,
0: they played pretty well yesterday after in the, in you know when uh Foles came in. I mean that yeah. was pretty impressive.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um so you know if the, the the key is consistency. The the Lions have to you know every game is different. They have to make adjustments but you know if they can if they can close out games if they can get in position uh for Matt Prater to kick field goals or for you know, uh, for, for Stafford to hit somebody in the end zone. Uh, And he threw a lot of passes uh, uh, way high. Uh, It seemed like the, uh, it it, it seemed like the distance to the goal line was inversely proportional to the arc (laughs) on his passes in the red zone. You know, the closer he got the higher they went. Uh, But Part uh, part of
0: that though. I mean, there were a couple of them where it looked like he was purposely kind of throwing those away. Yeah. Uh, The guy wasn't, open enough. And he's like, well, if he can go up and get it, great. But otherwise I'm not throwing a pick here in the red zone.
1: Right. And, and not taking a sack, although he was sacked four times. Um, And you know, that that, there's something that's not entirely the offensive line. I mean, there were, I think I saw one sack where he just, there was nothing he could do. The line coverage just broke down, Yeah, you know, but uh, you know, he, he, he has taken a few sacks this season that, you know, a 12 year veteran needs to find a way to get out of that situation well
0: and, and part of it though is i think you know sometimes you're like i can figure out a place to put this ball and and get out of trouble and then all of a sudden it's just the pocket collapses and you're done and i think some of that is just you know a little bit of arrogance sometimes on that part just trusting your arm a bit too much but um i, I don't know i like i said yesterday's game wasn't the most thrilling game um you know but it was nice it, it was nice in that the shoe was on the other foot. Normally it's you and I watching the lions on defense in that last drive where they marched down, use their timeouts wisely, get the clock down to three seconds and kick the field goal to beat the lions. It was nice to see it done the other way around this time, winning a game the way you're supposed to putting it away with first downs and even overcoming a bad penalty on that last drive, which normally would have killed the lions.
1: Yeah, I I have a uh, I have sort of a standing uh, tweet ready to go uh, after games that goes something along the lines of blah blah got to coach better something something blah blah you know because it's the same thing every week from that <laughs> exactly. but they actually did coach better this time I mean I. I you know, I can't really find any flaws uh, with uh, the way they prepared for this game, well, the way they managed it all the way through, and especially in the fourth quarter at the well, end.
0: I'll be honest with you, Pat. I was really hoping that Jim Harbaugh, coach of the Wolverines, was watching how the Lions played against uh, Kyler Murray yesterday because Michigan hasn't been able to stop a running quarterback in I don't know how long. Decades. <laughs> Decades. It, I mean, it, it goes back to the late 90s. Well, uh, with, Donovan uh, and McNabb. In yeah. Syracuse. Remember that game? And uh, yeah. Michigan was supposed to win that one handily, and he ran all over him. Michigan has not been able to I stop running quarterbacks since. I was
1: there. I was at that game.
0: I was watching it on television and was glad I did not go to that one because it was pretty, pretty ugly. But um, anyway, uh, that's just that's aside here. Uh, the Lions are in a weird situation now, though, because they're 1-2. and two, uh, Had they lost pretty much season over, they've now saved themselves a little bit, but the Bears are off to a good start. Packers are off to a good start. Uh, the Vikings... And they they look like they're beatable. Um, And uh, but they've got they've got a tough game coming up in New Orleans. I mean, New Orleans looks like they're going to be competing for the uh, for their division championship this year easily. Uh, You know, Drew Brees wants another bite at the apple and he's got some weapons uh, on that team, but it is at home. Now, home doesn't mean as much when you don't have the fans there, Uh, but it does help when you're playing in your own building. Um, I, I don't know if they have a shot at this or not. I mean, they've been competitive thus far for the most part, at least for periods of the game against the Packers and the Bears, they should have won that game. They had a touchdown in the last play of the damn game. I mean, <laughs> um, and they dropped it. I mean, it was, I mean, like hit them in the hands, that perfect thing. Yeah. Uh, but if they're two and two going into a bye week after this, what do we start thinking about this team?
1: Well, uh, you know, if they if they manage to beat the Saints, I think we look at it as, uh, okay, uh, you know, this is, a, this is a team that's definitely, you know, capable of going 500, 8-8. Um, eight and eight. That might be good enough to get into the playoffs because there's going to be an additional playoff team this yeah. year. Uh, maybe that's good enough. I don't know. We'll see. Um, it, Drew Brees is awfully difficult to defend. Uh, even, you know, for, even as long as he's been in the league, he's still a force to be reckoned with. Um, and, I you know, I just... They need... But what I worry about—well, not worry—but what concerns me about this game coming up is whether this turns out to be like the Chiefs game last year, where it looks like, where it looked like the Lions had them. Uh, they, I think, uh, uh, the Chiefs had something like fourth and long late in the fourth quarter, and they let Mahomes scramble, get the first down, and then they ended up going on to win the game. Um, you know, that that kind of gave us an inkling that you know the Lions—you you just feel like they're this close. But then they're this far apart, you know, at the same time. Um, I just, if if they win this game, go into the break two and two, uh, and they don't have any uh, big injuries to worry about, you know, I think you're looking at a team that maybe could uh, be con- contending for a wild card spot. Maybe they win eight games uh, or you know, possibly even nine, which might be good enough. Um, but it, it depends on A, can they stay healthy, and B, can they build some consistency and, and, and not, continually trip over themselves well, you in these situations.
0: One thing that was nice to see yesterday, and you mentioned this early on in, in, in the interview here, uh, Jeff Okuda, who is, of course, the third overall pick in the draft out of Ohio State in the secondary, had a rough game last week against Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers, but his first start as a rookie. But we are start, we're starting to see some glimpses as to why he was drafted so high. He's very athletic. And despite the fact that he got embarrassed on that one running play, he's, you know, Kyler Murray's going to do that to any you know, DB that's yeah. back there in that situation is going to juke him out and get in the end zone. But that interception was really smart. He closed a lot of ground really fast. He read the play beautifully. And you can see. And then after that, you know, you could just see there was an intensity that he had yesterday. He was fired up to play and it looks like he's he's the real deal.
1: Yeah. The, the last couple of first round picks, uh, TJ Hawkinson had a pretty decent oh, he, game. Not, he, he's looking great. Yeah, well, his two best games of his career were against Arizona. If he could, you know, if they could play the Cardinals four or five times a year instead of just one, uh, you know, that uh, that might help. But no, he's 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 uh, he's he's shown that he can catch the ball. Uh, and, and get some good yardage, and he's doing more blocking as a tight end. Uh, that's a, a new element of his game that uh, Daryl Bevel added this year. Um, so the first-round draft picks the last two seasons have looked pretty good. The second-round draft picks, not so much. Um, I, you know, I'm not, I, haven't, I haven't seen – the only thing I've seen of DeAndre Swift uh, were both bad. Uh, the drops, oh, he, made, he made a nice
0: catch, though. He made a nice catch yesterday, got a first down.
1: And then he and then he and then he read the he ran the wrong route and got hit in the back with another pass. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, after like that, so. uh, you know, he's it's a rookie. Way, he's a rookie. It's way too early to say that you know he's a bust. Uh, but, no, but but he also yeah. I mean
0: look, there's two there's two really good running backs ahead of him. Um you know that, and if he's going to compete for playing time, obviously he's going to have to step that stuff up, and I think he will I mean Adrian Peterson is old he's not a young guy anymore and and durability's going to be an issue, I think, with him, given his his past history so swift i hope is is watching what he's doing because early in the games, you can see that he's still got some gas left in the tank, and if Swift can learn and watch him and see some of the moves that he's got he's he's got those kind of moves
1: yeah and and carry on Johnson i mean uh... You, yeah. you wonder about you wonder about his durability too because you know he's he's been beset by injuries his first two seasons he showed uh some good stuff yesterday mm-hmm. uh he didn't he didn't get a lot of touches but uh he he ran effectively i think um you know but yeah at some point i mean adrian peterson uh had 22 carries yesterday 75 yards eh, you know that's that's he's he's producing he's doing what he what they brought him in to do he's not gonna you know he's not gonna put up 150 200 yards a game anymore he's just you know that he's just not there uh at at that level of consistency but But if he's getting
0: you four yards on first down which is you know what the lions want from a guy like that he did he's been doing that pretty consistently and and that's that's a huge thing that the lions have lacked for a long time
1: Yes, yes. And if they can get that kind of consistency first from Adrian Peterson, then eventually, hopefully, a healthy carry-on Johnson for the rest of the season, uh, then that also takes a little bit of the pressure off of Swift um, as a as a rookie. Um, but, again, that's one of those things they've got to develop. That, that That's going to require good, strong offensive line play. They've got to open the holes for these guys.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's very true. But uh, like I said, yesterday, they did a better job than they certainly did last week. Uh, I didn't think they played that badly against Chicago. Um, it, it's just, you know, uh, they made some mistakes in that game. Obviously the mental errors, like I said, the actual execution of the plays was pretty good on offense. I mean, the lions, obviously they're stalling a little bit in the second half, but you can see that they have some weapons. They have the ability to actually gain chunks of yardage on any given play. It's it just finishing these drives has been a, been their Achilles heel for a long time. And, You know, at least yesterday, they showed some sort of killer instinct, which we haven't seen.
1: Yeah, you got to get into the end zone more often, though. I mean, uh, as I said, a win is a win. 26-23, that's a good win uh, on the road against a pretty decent Arizona team. Um, But, you know, they've got to get into the end zone a lot more often because, uh, like we saw in the Bears game, you can't just get up to 23 points and then sit on the lead. The defense as well as the defense played yesterday it's just not deep or deep enough or good enough to you know, to, to, to keep trotting them out there uh, late in the game. You know, you've got, you can't sit back and try to run out the clock with a quarter and a half left yeah. in, in this late. You've got to put a hammer down well, every time you can.
0: I have to say though, I was a little bit excited uh, when I saw the long ball that got called back by a holding penalty, of course, but it was like a 53 yard pass to Marvin Jones, if I'm not mistaken, uh-huh. that Stafford just, it, it was a perfect pass and an amazing catch and you're like, okay. So if you've got these guys and Galladay's back, and he's going to be doubled. Marvin Jones is going to be open. I, I would love to see the Lions open this up a little bit more and start taking some chances down the field. I think they're going to be able to with Galladay back as long as he stays healthy. He's, he's that kind of a threat. I think he's emerging as one of the top five receivers in the league.
1: And don't commit Lion-esque penalties. Like, yeah, well, that wipes out 53-yard
0: passes. Well, exactly. But I mean, it was still, it was a beautiful play at the time. Oh, yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, it was like, okay, good. You took that shot. And I haven't seen him take that shot this year. No, uh, uh, so, yeah. It was, it was really nice. Um, you know, you can, you can dink and dunk and go for your 10, 20 yard roots, but it's nice to see them every once in a while unwind and throw the bomb. It's, it's a, it's a good thing. I, like I said, anytime they win, I'm happy. If they lose, I'm not that unhappy. I mean, it is the Lions. And so, you know, we expect certain things to just be very Lion-esque, as you mentioned, yes. but yes. It, it's always better when they win.
1: It sure. is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, for sure.
0: And, you know, they, they showed that they actually have the ability to be a good team. And again, some young talent on this squad that might be worth watching going forward. Uh, that's always exciting. And when yes. you have as many high picks in the draft as the Lions have had, it's about freaking time. Some of these guys start showing up and being worth that pick.
1: Yeah, well, especially, you know, the, the first round picks, like I said, I think they've, uh, they, they've certainly, they certainly hit with Hawkinson. Uh, if Okuda continues to learn and, and grow and produce like he did yesterday, I think that's another winner. Uh, but the later round picks, that's where you got it. That's where you got to get your depth. That's where you got to get your, uh, uh, you know, that's where you, you know, really build the foundation of the team. Um, and we just haven't seen a lot uh from mid to late round picks uh from uh, from this team i mean you know late round picks certainly no guarantee uh to be a success in the nfl but you know you, the that's that's where your depth is built that's how you get better that's how you get stronger and build a team that consistently plays well and wins and well, they it- haven't and that predates that predates bob quinn
0: well, it, it does. But, you know, speaking of Bob Quinn, you know, and and uh, Matt Patricia, you know, talking about the Patriot way and all that kind of stuff. I mean, listening to Jeff Okuda yesterday in his post-game interview, he, he was talking and a couple of other guys were talking about the leadership shown in the locker room by those guys they brought over from, you know, uh, from New England. I mean, the, you know, these guys walking around the locker room with a couple of rings each, you know, maybe they are getting their attention, but they're like really getting on these guys to change this mindset. I don't know if that's going to work or not, but maybe they're listening. I- I'm not sure.
1: Maybe. Uh, like we talked about last week, I'm not, you know, I don't, I don't buy the whole Patriots way thing. It's, well, Belichick's, it's Belichick's way. way yeah. You know, yeah, I mean, you look at, you look at how so far it looks like he has resurrected Cam Newton's career. Uh, Cam Newton you know had a really bad year last year, and now that he 's taken over New England, I mean totally different style of quarterback than Brady, and he has had he has played very well uh, for New England so far and and Brady seems to be uh, adjusting in Tampa Bay you know you yeah. see you know Brady being uh, Brady being Brady um, so you know i I hope what you said is true, I hope that that experience that, that uh, mentality that these guys brought over from the model franchise uh, of the 21st century sure. uh, will start to rub off on some of these younger guys and maybe we'll see fewer uh, Lion-esque moments. I mean, we're always going to see some, but, uh, you know, if 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 they can space them out more.
0: <laughs> well, it's, 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 you know, what I liked about yesterday was is that there was a lot less of the lack of discipline that I've come to expect from this franchise, um, you know, and some of that's just, on conditioning some of that's just being lazy uh you know holding penalties tend to be that thing like oh, oh missed that one and you know yeah. you've got no choice but to hold or else your quarterback's going to get destroyed uh but we're not seeing as much of that we didn't see as much of it yesterday and again no turnovers uh which is a big deal for the lions and three takeaways so uh you know it was nice to see them able to bait that quarterback into making some bad passes yesterday and you know hey it's a win can they build on it I don't know. It's the Lions. I never want to sit there and say, wow, they're on their way. Cause I'm just, not, like I said, I still don't have my Lions t-shirt on yet. I'm not, I'm not there yet. Yeah. The, I mean, yeah, you mentioned it. Uh, the, the defense did a good
1: job uh, against uh, a pretty talented young quarterback, um, but they're going to be challenged uh, going up against a veteran like Drew Brees, a first ballot hall of famer who, you know, has had,
0: Good games against the Lions. Still has, yeah, very good
1: games (laughs) uh, against the Lions. Great games.
0: Well, we shall see. And uh, that'll be fun next week to talk about that once again. But, um, you know, so, Pat, here we are. It's October. We're going to have Big Ten football relatively soon. The MAC announcing that they're going to have a six-game schedule, which I'm trying to see how that's going to work out. But uh, uh, looking at what's going on still with this, should they have just canceled the season, or do they need to play something? Uh,
1: you know, I, I don't know. I mean, the whole thing about needing college football, I understand why the coaches need it. I understand why the players need it. Um, I don't understand why anyone else feels they need it. I mean, and don't get me wrong. I love college football. I've loved college football since I was 10. I went Mm -hmm. to my first Michigan game in 1975. They, they shredded Northwestern back uh, back then
0: I think it was um, 70 to 14 or something like that I, I, think, I, I think it was 69 to nothing yeah but I think I
1: was at that game like that yeah but the point is I mean as much as I love college football I don't need college football I you know like I said we we talk about the pros I have no problem with the NFL or the other pro leagues playing because these are Multi-billion-dollar corporations uh, that can afford the best doctors, the best treatment, uh, the and they can put themselves. these guys up
0: in the bubble for a long time. I mean, right, you know, exactly,
1: yeah. yeah. Whereas with you know, whereas with with college students, and in particular, and even at the high school level, uh, I mean, you know, I don't feel as as much as I would like to see Michigan football this year. Uh, I would much rather see. I, I don't. I would feel, I, I, I'm conflicted about whether I want to watch these games or not, simply because if, God forbid, one of these players were to contract this horrible illness and die playing college football when they didn't have to, yeah, am I complicit in that by watching? I mean, I, I don't know if I... I don't want to be that guy.
0: And here's the thing: foot, football's already got that sort of moral dilemma uh, with CTE and stuff like that that we've been dealing with. I mean, football was getting to the level of, of prize fighting, where you had a lot of people with a moral objection uh, to the fact that we were paying money to watch people beat each other's brains in. You know, football was yeah. having the same sort of issue, and now with the COVID thing, especially, you know, when you listen to coaches like Nick Saban, who basically just took the whole band aid off this notion that these are student athletes. He's like, well, Hey, our football team would be fine if we could just keep them away from the students. That's what he said. I'm like, wait a minute. There are students. They're supposed to be anyway. And if if that's what it is, then you know what? Let's take these major college programs that are out there. And like the Alabamas, the Michigans, the Ohio States, have the NFL just manage these damn teams. You can still call the Michigan Wolverines, take that money pressure off the universities, and then the smaller schools, you know, that are still doing it can still have like Division two, II, Division three, all that kind of stuff. Great. But let's not pretend anymore that this is about an, an, an education because it's, it's not. not. Some, some students do take advantage of this. And, and, you know, I think of like a Robert Smith from Ohio state, remember him, he was in med school before he even finished up his eligibility. Yeah. Uh, you know, you do have a lot of people like that. And and the vast majority of people who play college sports do get their degrees and are never going to play professional sports, but I, I, maybe a minor league for the NFL It's maybe it's time. Uh, oh. So these really good players, you know, just they can go directly that route. The NBA has embraced it. Um, I, think, I think it might be time for the NFL to do it as well.
1: Yeah, or find some way if possible. And I think it's easier for, uh, uh, for hockey and, uh, and baseball because you've got a well-established minor league system.
0: Mm-hmm. But,
1: you know, an, uh, a college hockey player uh, can be drafted by the NHL and still play college hockey. Yeah. Uh, you can't do that with basketball or football.
0: Uh of course well, but the NBA's also got the NBA developmental league. Mm-hmm. Um you know, and so kids that don't want to go the college route that are good enough to play, they'll get an opportunity. Um and, and to show what they can do and then they still have some options down the road if they want to change that path. And and you know, your eligibility, it's it's all these different things. This is a discussion for another day. How to reform the NCAA because it needs to happen. Yes. This is Most this certainly. is giving us a really good glimpse into what needs to happen.
1: Most certainly. I I, I agree.
0: All right. Well, we'll have to leave it right there for today. Uh, I'm not going to sing "Gridiron Heroes," but if they beat <laughs> if they beat the New Orleans Saints next week at Ford Field, uh, maybe I will end this with a, a rendition of "Gridiron Heroes." Down the field and game, yeah. <laughs> and and I'll, I'll, victory.
1: Look and I'll look forward to that. And maybe, well, maybe
0: we'll do a duet. That'd be fun.
1: <laughs> well, for us, maybe
0: karaoke about karaoke on the craig folly show with pat bachelor and craig yeah that would be pretty ugly all right but we'll leave it right there for okay. today thanks pat thank you all right pat bachelor of course morning host at wdet detroit public radio joins me every monday to talk about our beloved detroit lions our gridiron heroes who were victorious yesterday in a last second field goal Feels good to say that as opposed to they lost again. So congratulations to the Lions and Matt Patricia has a job for another week. And with that, we say goodbye. Hey, thanks for checking out the show today. I really do appreciate it very much. A quick reminder, uh, there is some big stuff to talk about this week, obviously, and we'll have plenty of time to get into things. Oh, like income tax payments and stuff like that, and perhaps uh, Supreme Court justices and and, uh, some of the things that are going to be going on around that. And, of course, the debate that is taking place tomorrow night. That would be Tuesday night. Just so you know, uh, if you would like to join me, I'll have a thread going on my Facebook page to allow people to comment about what they're hearing in tomorrow night's debate between Joe Biden and Donald Trump, the first of three scheduled debates. There's a lot Uh, that uh, we're going to be looking for in this one. Chris Wallace is going to be moderating this debate from Fox. But, of course, it's going to be on all the big channels. And uh, hopefully you'll watch along with me. Um, I'll have a thread going, and you can leave your comments and thoughts, and I'll be putting mine out there as well. So let's make a party out of it. If we're going to be irritated, might as well just be irritated together. Uh, It's going to be a lot of fun. I like this kind of stuff. And uh, I like doing those little threads while these are happening. So I would love you to join me for that. That's the kind of thing that... um, Hey, I'd like to do it, and uh, hopefully you enjoy it as well. So look for my thread tomorrow. I'll put something up on Facebook, and uh, you can find it on my Facebook page and also the Craig Folly shows Facebook page, two separate ones By the way, if you've been trying to connect with me on Facebook, connect with the show page because I'm at the personal limit, and there's limitations on what I can do with that page. but on the show's page, I can just you know as many people can follow me as they want, and that's great. Uh, Don't forget, you can also reach out to me there as well. It's a simple way to get in touch. Find me on LinkedIn, find me on YouTube, find me on Twitter, uh, and also send me emails, thecraigfollyshow at gmail.com. Also, while I have a moment, I would like to thank my sponsor, James Oliver Coffee, jamesolivercoffee.com. You know me. I am a caffeine person, and I love coffee. Uh, I've been enjoying their Charbucks blend today. Quite good. Um, and just going through all the different blends they have. I think there are, what, 18 uh, different different types of coffee that they've got. Some are blends. Some are just straight uh, to different types like Ethiopian Harar and Tanzanian Peaberry and some other great, great beans that are out there that I've really been enjoying. Affordable, shipped right to your house if you go to jamesoliver.com and jamesolivercoffee.com. And don't forget, don't forget, there is a promo code that they gave specifically for listeners to this program. It is CFSHOW is the promo code. Right when you go to checkout, they will say promo code, put in CFSHOW. You'll get 15% off your first order. Thank them for supporting this program. by picking up some coffee. It's good stuff. It's really good stuff. You can get it whole bean. You can get it ground. It is delicious. I like it very much, and I wish you'd give it a try. Thanks so much for supporting me, supporting the show, supporting my sponsors. It all goes together. Have a great day, everybody, and tomorrow, debate night, let's have some fun. The Craig Folly Show is made possible in part by Deadline Detroit. Deadline Detroit has some of the best journalists in the city. We're asking you to support independent local journalism by joining our $3 a month membership. By joining, you become eligible to win prizes, including tickets for sporting events and gift cards to some of Detroit's best restaurants. Just go to our website and click the ad at the top or go to www.deadlinedetroit.com slash membership.